Even after all these years scuttling between drunkenness and night shelters and the church city mission. It must be a pigeon the hawk had caught, he decided, as a little cloud of grey feathers descended from the edge of the roof high above him. Shkoa liked pigeons. They were sociable birds, especially in summer when he chose to sleep outdoors in the main. He dropped his arm and began to walk. A good way to die, he thought, as he shuffled off in the direction of Karl Johanskater, with his hands deep inside his pockets. One minute you're enjoying the view, the next you're somebody's lunch. When all was said and done, Lars Johan Austad wished he had suffered the same fate. Shivering in the April chill as he reached the shadow cast by the Ministry of Finance building, he realised it was time to find something to eat. It was midday, and he could hear the clock strike at City Hall. A brass bell tinkled. Come on, Colonel! Peep! His whistling made the other pigeons coo restlessly. It was now approaching evening, and feeding time had finished some time ago. Colonel! Peep! I think you'll have to give that up for today. A slender woman arrived along the flagstones, picking her way between the patchy remnants of snow that still lay in dirty brown heaps across the lawn that led down to the pigeon loft. Colonel! The man repeated, whistling once more before ringing the little bell. The woman slid her arm carefully around his shoulders. Come on now, Gunnar. The colonel will find his way without you having to attract him, as you well know. You should have been here by now, the man complained, rocking stiffly from one foot to the other. The colonel should have been here hours ago. He's just been delayed, the middle-aged woman comforted him. You'll see. He'll be back here in his box when you wake tomorrow, with Ingalil. The colonel would never let his little Ingalil down, you know that. Come on now. I've made some tea and scones, the nice ones that you like best. Don't want to, Mum, don't want to. Smiling, she pretended not to hear him. Grasping his hand discreetly, she drew him up toward the house. He accompanied her with some reluctance. It's your birthday tomorrow, the woman said. Thirty-five years old. Where has the time gone, Gunnar? The colonel, the man whimpered. Something must have happened to him. Not at all. Come on now, I've baked a sponge cake. Tomorrow you can help me to decorate the cake with cream and strawberries and candles. The colonel! Where has the time gone? She repeated, mostly to herself as she opened the back door and pushed her son into the warmth. Chapter Two Time went by in a loop. He had changed so much. Maybe it was the extra weight that, paradoxically enough, made him look shorter than the six-foot-seven she knew he measured on a good day. The broad shoulders were stooped, and his trouser belt strained below his pot belly. 
His face was smooth-shaven just like his head. Anna, he said. Billy T, she answered, after a few seconds' pause, without making any move to push her wheelchair back from the doorway to allow him access. It's been a long time. Billy T rested his arm on the doorframe, leaning against it and burying his face in his huge hand. Eleven years, he mumbled. A door slammed, outside in the corridor. Decisive footsteps could be heard heading from the neighbouring apartment in the direction of the elevator. They slowed as they approached Hannah Wilhelmsen's front door and the big man, who was standing in what could easily be interpreted as a threatening pose. Everything okay here? A deep male...